0: I have really been enjoying this series, the bold series that we have been doing um, for the month of September. We have uh, been talking about how to activate our faith. So we have looked at Moses, who is, again, just the ordinary guy, right? We've talked about him, ordinary guy who answered the call to God on his life because of his obedience to God the extraordinariness happened because God moved in, that, in those situations. We looked at Joshua last week when he prayed a prayer that would just make us all go, That's impossible. But through that prayer, God made the impossible possible. He made it happen. Uh, these stories are true stories. Just because they're in the Old Testament, uh, I heard people say, Oh, it's like a history book. It is a history book, it's true history. Right? It's God's word. It's true history. So these stories we can take and apply to our lives today. I don't, we don't just believe the New Testament. We believe the Old and the New and that God is alive. His word is alive, living in both. So we have been focusing in the Old Testament. And uh, these stories are true. We can apply it to our lives. We put our trust in God, the Father. And out of that, we watch him fight our battles like he did with Joshua. And uh, we watch him answer our impossible prayers so i'm gonna pray again because that (laughs) that's how we communicate with god the father so church let's pray god thank you that you are a good god god that you are here right now jesus and lord i just want to pray joshua 1 6 for us to be strong and courageous For you, Jesus, will be the one who leads us into the territories. God, the territories that you have laid out in front of us, the blueprints that you have for us, that we just have to go, okay, this is the step. Jesus, show us the direction. So God, today I pray that you bring a boldness today, a courageousness today, Jesus. Places where we might be a little bit timid. God, I pray that you knock that timidness down and that we be strong and bold for you. God, thank you for your word that it's alive and powerful. And today, Jesus, uh, let me preach your word. God, let our ears be open. Let our hearts be open to receive it. And I pray, Jesus, say that you challenge us. Let, us, let, us be, let it be a sweet word, but let it be a challenging word. So thank you, Lord. I give this to you in your name we pray. Amen. When Brad and I were expecting savory... For all our parents you know when you're like expecting the child and the child soon to be born the most important thing especially for the mother what's the baby room going to look like the most important thing you got to decorate that room so when we were expecting and i knew it was a i was believing it was a she we started planning and designing the baby room and you know for us ladies or maybe it's just myself. Back then, Pinterest wasn't really the thing. So Google was, uh, you Googled the like the trends of the baby rooms. So the jungle room came up. And the jungle room, how cute could it be, right? So that's Noah's Ark. There's another one. There's a jungle room. and the jungle, you would have your baby animals. You would have nature. And you just, I don't know, it just seemed like having your baby in a jungle room must be the thing to do. Right? Bring a it just must have been the thing. But then I kept on googling and then that's where Noah's Ark came up. So we can put that picture back up. Noah's Ark. Now, as a good Christian family, you want you want Bible stories painted and plastered in your baby's room. You do. So as we were looking through this, I was like Noah's Ark. Wow, that could be a great, great look in our baby's room. A story from the Bible, animals, nature, rainbows, a guy that looks like grandpa. You know, it would just be a really great environment for our daughter to see all that beauty in our room, right? But the story of Noah, with no doubt, is one of the most beloved, you could say children's stories, but it's most beloved stories of the Bible. Kids play with the animals and the boat and the two-by-two, putting the two animals together. Tupperware had it down. I used to play with the Tupperware boat and the two-by-two that stuck together. It was great. And then they hear about it in kids' church, how the animals marched together. And in the end, there was a beautiful rainbow. And the coloring sheets that come home get plastered on the fridges the rains came, and you can see a picture of Noah and his family, all happy, cuddled, warm in the boat. And there's animals that are smiling. There's apps for that. There's animals that are smiling. The walrus and the spiders are just like mice, They're just having a heyday. And then there's the giraffes with their long necks that stick out of the top window, and everything's at peace. Anyone else can relate to that story? Yeah, right? Now, the story of knowing the ark is more than just a children's story. I would not rate it C for children or child. I really wouldn't. I'm just going to say, in our old church we had a picture, if my mom's watching. uh, We had a picture of the ark on our nursery in our church. And I said, Mom, we can't put that up. She's like, why? It's a beautiful picture. It's God's promise. I was like, there's dead people in the water. She's like, you don't see that. I was like, duh. We don't see it, so it's still a beautiful picture. But that's what I mean. Rated C, technically this story is more of a PG-13 or older, depending how descriptive you get with this story. Now, we kiddify stories um, from Scripture, which is a good thing. I'm all for this because this is good because we teach the Bible in age-appropriate for our children to learn about Jesus. Okay, and that's what they're doing downstairs. I don't think it's Noah's Ark, but uh, if they do, sorry about no, I'm just kidding. I don't think it's Noah's Ark, they're learning some good things. But the real story of Noah and the Ark was not all about rainbows and cute, happy animals. Okay? So today I'm titling today's message. We're focusing on Moa, No Moa, Noah. It's called The Last Man Standing. Last man standing. Has there ever been a time where you felt that you were the last one standing? Maybe you feel like that at school when you know right from wrong and everyone's doing it and the doing it is the wrong part. Maybe you feel like within your family or at your workplace, maybe you're the last one standing. Maybe you feel that because of what you see on the news and hope, right, feels like it could just dwindle away. If you've ever felt like that, I can tell you, Noah lived through it. Noah was the last man standing when all hell was literally around him. He did not doubt or waver before the building of the ark. His life story, we can apply to our personal lives. So today I want to encourage all of us, how is Noah's life like mine? And how can I apply it? How can I be encouraged by it? We can use his life as as an example, and a challenge for our lives? When everything seems to be fallen all around us where we say what's the point or I'm gonna toss my towel in? Or is that when God makes himself known on the impossible situations? So let's look at Noah's story. So we will be reading from Genesis six for those who have their Bibles, you can get ready there. But it was by faith that Noah heard God's warnings about things he cannot yet see. It was by faith he obeyed God. And I'm going to read Hebrews 11:7. And this chapter, Hebrews 11, is like the hall of faith. If you ever wonder who had faith in the Bible, just go to that chapter and there's a whole list. In verse 7 it says, it is by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about these things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. So who is Noah? Besides my little introduction of the baby room and, and uh, what we could have thought, that, like the peacefulness of Noah, if you have your Bibles, Genesis 6, get those ready. But let's do a recap of Noah. Some of us may only know Noah about the children's books that we've read. Others may know Noah because he watched Evan Almighty. No one watched Evan Almighty? Brad, there's the honesty. Thank you. Thank you. Here's a quick recap. So Noah is the 10th generation from Adam. The same Adam that God created in the Adam of Eve, right? The sin happened there. 10th generation from him. Lamech, who is the father of Noah, was 182 years old when he had him. You can read All these accounts, if you want, in chapter 5 of Genesis, if that interests you. But Noah, this part hit me, is the great-grandson of Enoch who had faith in God, and he never died because God took him. So Noah came from a family who had a foundation, had a strong foundation on what faith meant. Noah, uh, after 500 years, had a wife and three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Noah was the only follower of God left in his generation, which means everyone in his day were wicked and corrupt, and people chose to be wicked and corrupt. It's not like they didn't know. They knew and wanted to be. He lived in the day when the earth was filled with violence. Kind of sounds like you could put ourselves into Noah's shoes, right? He lived in a world, in verse 11 and 12, it says the earth Verse, yeah, verse 11 and 12, it says, The earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed all this corruption in the world, for everyone on earth was corrupt. So on repeat, <laughs> the earth was corrupt. And right now we may be thinking, oh man, this describes our world. This is exactly what we live in. Our, our world is corrupt and, and crazy is happening everywhere. But I want to challenge that. And I challenge that because I think Noah had it worse, We have corrupt politicians, terrible influencers on TV, and corrupt morals, and the list can go on, 100%. But thank God that the good news of Jesus has spread throughout the entire planet. There are wars, yes, and what comes with that, yes. But through all the violence and the economy upheavals, what is still the most important thing? That there is millions of followers of Jesus scattered throughout the world acting as a salt in the light bringing hope in the name of Jesus. That is happening right now. That is happening in our generations. We get to be part of that movement. If you are a follower of Jesus, we're part of that. Think of it like this. What if you came to church today and you're the only one that showed up? You might think, was church canceled? But think about if you went to church today in all of Charlotte County, you're the only one. What if you're the only one that went to church today in all of Canada? How about the entire world? You're the only one that showed up. That was Noah. The only one. The last man standing. Scripture tells us that there was no one left on the world except for Noah. And he continued to press on and have faith in God the father church if he can do it we can do it so we're going to read from genesis 6 starting in verse 5 and it says the lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil so the lord was sorry he had ever made them and put them on the earth it broke his heart and the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I have ever made them. But Noah found favor with the Lord. Why? Why did he find favor? What was so different about Noah? It was his faith. Hebrews 11 tells us that it is impossible to please God without faith. And he was the one that had faith. So we're going to look at three points on how Noah activated his faith. And the first thing that we see is that Noah believed. Obviously, we would say, obviously Noah's, Noah believed, right? He made it in the in the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. He believed. But Noah's faith went beyond just believing This goes right back to a couple weeks ago when I talked about uh, the bungee jumping. I'm still caught on that. If you were to go bungee jumping, church, and you have faith and believe that that cord was wrapped around your ankles, and you believed in that cord, but for that cord to be activated, you have to step off the platform for it to be activated. If you don't step, you believe that that cord's going to do what it's going to do, but you haven't activated your faith unless you take that step. The same is with faith. We can have faith in God, but let's ask ourselves, are we activating our faith and being obedient to God? No one knew that when God said something, that it would happen, even if it never happened before. God said to prepare a boat, because he is going to destroy the entire world with a global flood man if someone told me that they're building an ark to this day i'd be like you're just copying noah and you're weird that would be my (laughs) reaction and then i'd be like let's go out for coffee that's how are you that would be probably my step (laughs) in that individual but noah believed god even when the worldly influence around him did not When all the influence was pushing in on him, telling him, what are you doing, man? You are crazy. He was still obeying God. He did not fumble back and say, well, everyone's doing that. I should just toss the towel and go that way. He did not. When God created creation, it did not rain. Instead, springs came up from the ground and water filled the land in Genesis 2. And a lot of scholars believe That rain had not fallen on the earth from the time of creation up until the time of the flood. So to be told that there's going to be a giant flood, Noah's being told of something that he's never seen before. His mind probably couldn't even comprehend it. What do you mean there's going to be a giant flood? Right now it's raining. He never saw it before. That kind of faith that he had in God, he just stepped into it. The second way that Noah activated his faith, Noah built just what God told him to build. And it says in Genesis 6.22, Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. A few weeks ago, I mentioned that we were in a building season. And it may have been, maybe there's some physical building going on. I know Brad and I are definitely in a physical building right now with a house, but more so a spiritual building We may believe in Jesus and know him to be our Lord and Savior, but there is more to it than that. There is our faith that needs to be activated to actually have a true living life with Jesus, our Lord and Savior. You may need to ask Jesus, what what does that look like? What does that mean? But once you know it, then jump. Don't still hesitate on that platform and go, well, I need to pray about what you just told me, God. Jump, have that faith. Will it be uncomfortable? Yes, because it's new, right? But the fir- for, it's new for the first time. But once, once you see it, and once you see Jesus work in it, it gets more and more comfortable because your trust and your faith grows. God was specific with His blueprints, and that's a good thing because building an ark is a whole new territory for Noah. <laughs> He's never done it before. So he had directions. And we're going to see these directions. Genesis 6, starting in verse 14. So build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Leave an 18-inch opening below the roof. All the way around the boat, put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat: lower, middle, and upper. Now we can be so familiar with this story, right? Things that we've learned in kids' church or things you've seen in the children's books or Evan Almighty. But this story, this magnitude of a project, that's what it is. It is magnitude, it is huge. It's shaped like a barge. A huge barge. Noah's Ark was taller than a four-story building. And as long as one and a half football fields for Noah to build. Noah's neighbors probably thought he was crazy. Just like I said, I'd say whoever's building a boat out there, I'd be thinking you're crazy. They probably thought he was crazy for talking to an invisible God. For about 75 years, he built the boat. He built the Ark. But during that time... He was preaching the good news. Well, he continued to build. See, our God is, is loving and caring, and He's a God of redemption. He's not gonna just lightning bolt you, say you screwed up. He's he's gonna give you chance and chance and chance and grace and grace and grace. That is our God. He's not a God where He's like, You you suck, you messed up, you disobeyed. I want nothing to do with you. Just like when we talked about the Israelites going into the wilderness, that was the father's love disciplining his children. But through that, he didn't leave them. He was with them. And from there, their generation was then to go to the promised land. He is a loving God. While Noah was building, it says in 2 Peter 2:5, Noah warned the world of God's righteous judgment. While he was being judged. And who knows what else. While he was building this crazy of a boat following God's blueprint, he was still telling his probably friends and neighbors saying, God loves you. And if you don't turn from what you're doing, it's not going well. God will ask us to trust and have faith in him. God will bring people our way for them to hear about God's grace and forgiveness. Will we do it? Will we do it? It is not up to us to make people believe in Jesus, but it's up to us to be obedient to God, the Father, who's asked us to speak Jesus. When the project was completed, God told Noah to get into the boat with his family, and approximately 45,000 animals would also be loaded in that boat. That would stink. But God took care of the details. My mind will go to, okay, God, you want me to build this giant boat? Sure, that's the supplies. Okay, um, okay, let's start building. But what about the animals? My mind will go to, okay, I need to somehow get to find all these animals and get them roped up and drag them to this boat. How do I do that? How do I do that? But God took care of the details of collecting the animals while Noah was building the boat. Sometimes we do the opposite. We worry about the details. We need to let God deal with those details because they are impossible details. But if God can deal with them, they turn possible. We worry about the details where we have no control over the situation, but then in doing so, we'll neglect what God has asked us to do. Like Noah, we can concentrate on what God has given us to do and leave the rest up to God. We see that happen in the life of, or we saw that happen in the life of Moses, where God always provided a way. When they were stuck at the Red Sea and all the Israelites are freaking out and Moses goes, just stay calm. And then he goes, oh God. (laughs) And God's like, just stay calm. I got this. I got the details. We saw that in the life of Joshua where he fought. And we see that now with Noah and building the ark. The flood waters came, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. Now in kids' church, 40 days, 40 nights and everyone's happy. No, it was longer. The water was still there after 40 days and 40 nights. It was over a year before they could exit that boat. That is patience upon patience upon patience. I'm just saying, I wouldn't be able to handle the mice and the rats and the spiders. I was like, sorry, God. It had to happen. That would be me. That would be me taking details into my hand and I'd be like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. And repent. The floodwaters rose 22 feet higher than the highest peak. Now, that's impossible. But God made it possible. All living things on earth died. After 5 months from the time the flood began, the scripture tells us that the boat came to rest on the mountains of Ararat, and it was over a year that Noah and his family and the animals were on the ark. For Noah, obedience meant a long-term commitment. Sometimes it can be hard to stick to a project. I have given up on renovating every day since it has started. <laughs> <laughs> Including yesterday and this morning. I have given up. I have no patience for it. Thankfully, Brad has patience for it. Or he fakes it. I don't know, but it's still working on it. And he leaves and comes back. And I'm assuming things are getting done. (laughs) It's interesting, right, to point out that Noah's obedience was greater than the lifespan of people today. Noah's obedience was greater than the lifespan of people today. We live to maybe amazing one hundred one, one hundred and one years old, maybe. That's amazing. It's on the news and it's broadcasted, and we celebrate. He was over five hundred years old. The only comparable long-term project is our very life, from the day we were born to the day that we die. So perhaps the story of Noah. Not the cute animals and the the amazing sunrise and rainbow, which is part of it, yes. But perhaps this one great challenge of Noah's life gives us to live, to accept God's grace, and to live our entire lives following God our Father and being obedient. The final point that we see Noah stepping out in faith was that he was blessed Noah was blessed by God. By his obedience, he was saved and he was blessed. When it was all over, the rain stopped, the door was opened, and Noah and his family and all the animals exited the boat. Genesis 9:1 says, Then God blessed Noah and his sons and told them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. Following this blessing, God showed his promise. That we would never have a global flood again by placing a rainbow in the sky. We have all witnessed that promise. Sometimes it's a double rainbow. We've all witnessed God's promise. In Genesis 9 verse 11 it says, yes, I am confirming my covenant with you. Never again will the floodwaters kill all the living creatures. Never again will a flood destroy the earth Then God said, I am giving you a sign of my covenant or my promise with you and with all living creatures for all generations to come. That's us. That's our kids. Kids, 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 kids. All generations to come. I have placed my rainbow in the clouds. It is a sign of my covenant with you and all the earth. Last week, we talked about God's promises. This promise, he spoke, but also gave us a visual. When the storms come, right, and the storms clear, we can see a rainbow, usually. And we can be reminded of God's goodness. This promise, he spoke, but he also gave a visual of that, of that rainbow, a reminder of God that he is with us. That's the story of Noah. That's the story that we can apply and look at his life. And it's going to challenge It challenges me. It's going to challenge us. Because Noah's story isn't just the happy animals and the happy rainbow. God, God told this story of Noah for our sake. Because... The world may seem crazy at times. And we may feel like there's no hope in the world. But we can be the last man standing, even though we're not. But it may feel like we're the last man standing. Because we may see our friends in our, in our schools, in our, in our workplaces, have no idea who Jesus is. But we are that last man standing who can bring forth that hope and bring forth the truth of the good news of Jesus Christ. Can we stand, church? Noah lived a life of faith, faith when it felt humanly impossible, when it felt crazy and unheard of, when he was, again, the last man's standing. When we put our faith in Jesus, he will always work things out according to his good and perfect plan. And we may not see what his good and perfect plan may be, like when Noah was told to build a boat because destruction's coming, that would be where my mind is going, is destruction. Not about hope and God's promise and God's caring and his redemption. My mind, my imperfect mind would go to destruction and we're all going to die. Doomsday. That would be me. But God forgive me in that and let me have faith. So church today between you and Jesus, where do you feel like you're the last man standing? Where do you feel like it's just going crazy around you and you feel like you're in a whirlwind and you have no hope of talking to your friends, you have no hope of impact, you have no hope, maybe even for yourself right now, for whatever you may be fighting. I want to let you know that there is hope. There is hope. Romans eight twenty eight. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes for them. God may not always bless us the way that we want, but he promises to work everything out for our own good. God promised to never again destroy the world with a global flood, so he won't be commanding anyone to build arcs again. But what is he asking you to do to step out in faith? What is he asking you? God sent his son Jesus to be our Savior. If you look at the story, the ark or the boat it could be symbolic of Jesus. Noah and the people went into the boat, and he was calling out, saying, Guys, repent, turn to God, and join me. But he was obedient, and he got into the boat, and he was saved. His family was saved. Today, church, we need to have faith of action. We need to have bold faith to go against what culture and what other things that could be happening around us and stand firm in the promises of God. And I would like to pray for us. And if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you've never asked Him to forgive you, you've never asked Him. (sighs) To live life with you. Today is your day. I want to give an opportunity. And every Sunday, church, I will always give an opportunity. And if you're here and you maybe you have asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, but it's been years ago and you've just, you trickled off into another path and you want to come back and start off new, today is your day. Jesus has never left you. You've never lost your salvation in him, but you can renew the way you're doing life with him. So today, church, with all eyes closed, my eyes are open. And if you want to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, if you want to ask Jesus maybe to even renew your life with him, to get on the right path, to get onto the boat, that's you. Can you just stick your hand up so I can see who I'm praying with today? Yes, I see you. Amen. Is there anyone else? So we're going to pray. We're going to have a conversation with our Lord and Savior. And He's so personal with us, He just likes to talk if we listen. But He loves to listen to us when we talk, so we're going to have a conversation with Him. So I'm going to pray, and if we could repeat after Him Dear Jesus, thank you so much that you love me, that you've called me, that I am part of your plan, I have purpose. I, my identity is in you. And today, Jesus, I want to be a follower of you. I want to have my hope in you. I believe in you. I have faith in you. And today, Jesus, I want to activate my faith. And I'm going to step forward in following you. Jesus, today, come be my Lord and Savior. right now that Jesus is saying yes. His Holy Spirit's here. And for everyone here today, Jesus, I pray that this, this word from you, God, that it would be a challenge to our heart and not out of, uh, oh man, I messed up, but out of, oh yes, I can do this. So today, Jesus, give us the courage, give us the bravery like noah did to stand up against everything that could have come against him and he stood his ground and he built something that was technically impossible to build and he built it out of obedience to you and said today jesus we ask where can our hands work where can our feet go what can our voice boxes say jesus because we want to be that for you god thank you that we are here today, God. I just pray a special blessing for each and every one here today, Jesus. That each of us takes something home today. And God, remind us to stay activated. Stay activated in faith with you, God.